the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, it's Matt Browning. Welcome back to the podcast. Excited for this week. It's a big, a big week. I, man, oh man, it's been intense as well. So before we jump right into the content this week, I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on with me. Um, I am home right now as I record this, which is so nice. I've been home for about 24 hours, um, been on the road for eight days, was up at a fabulous conference. As I think I told some of you at the last episode, uh, that was up in Monterey with the amazing Michael Neely doing the Authority Blueprint Live. That was really cool. I got to be a podcaster up there and a speaker. Um, and also got to sit in and attend the whole event and watch uh, one of my brothers thrive and do amazing work. So good job, Michael. Then I flew from Monterey straight to Vegas, and that's why I recorded last week's at the at the tail end of the week. Um, I got to say, if you didn't catch that already, that conference was amazing. So I was with the one and only Clint Arthur. Clint is a media trainer and honestly the best in the business. He's amazing. So I'm all in with Clint Arthur and his lovely wife, Allie. Um, I had a really, really great time there. Um, walked out with several media bookings and uh, for the book tour. So now it is confirmed, ladies and gentlemen, when this book comes out, The Firebox Principle, The Seven Drives That Fuel Every Entrepreneur, there's going to be a 12-city media tour. 12 cities! Can you believe it? I couldn't believe it. So I'm hitting Orange County, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Utah doing all live speaking. So those are all events, right, that we're putting on for two events we're putting on in Utah. I'll be speaking at an event with Kurt Cameron from Growing Pains, right, the amazing speaker and actor. Uh, I'll be sharing the stage with him. I think I speak and then Kirk speaks right after, which is <laughs> kind of neat. Um, and then the other nine cities are all going to be television appearances. So, I'll be, man, I'm going to be everywhere in the next couple of months from Albuquerque, New Mexico, to Washington, D.C., to San Diego, uh, to where else am I going? To Chicago, uh, to Roanoke, Virginia. I mean, I'm going all over the place, and everywhere I'm going, we're hitting uh, a television station, which is going to be really, really cool. So that's my first time in my career doing this, and so I figured you'd be proud of me, and I wanted to share that with you because this is this is the kind of relationship we have on the pod. I feel like I feel like that's where we're at together, me and you. I can share this with you. So I'm excited for this. It's going to be cool. Um, so um, breaking down the doors on, uh, we're going to be at uh, we're going to be TV stations. So you'll see a bunch of pictures on Facebook. Make sure you follow me at Matt Browning on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the rest. And I'll be putting up some you know some photos and videos of the journey along the way. Um, so it's not just about the book itself, but also about the process of launching a book and doing a media tour and doing the signings and and really. I guess all the stuff that goes with seeing this with a vision bigger than maybe it actually is. Does that sound weird? It could. And I guess what I mean by that is, yeah, I think you get exactly what I mean by that. The reality is I can see this book launch as big or small as I want to see it. And I'm choosing to see this as a huge launch because I believe it's, it's going to make a great impact. And the book is a really, really good book. I'm, uh, I'm so, so proud of it. And that's what this next episode is going to be about is to share some of the book with you. So this is actually content for you. This isn't, uh, this isn't me promoting the book. I'm sure 
here's the thing. If you if you like me and you think it's going to be a great book, you'll probably get it anyway. Or if you don't, you're probably not listening to the podcast in the first place. So at this point, I think, you know, I, I don't need to sell books. What I want to do is I want to take some of these episodes and, uh, and, and teach a little bit out of the book and kind of give you more of the idea of what these different drives are. So without any further ado, let's get into it. All right. So tonight... This morning, however you're streaming or listening or watching this or whatnot, uh, what I like to do is I want to get through one, maybe two of the drives, and I've given you a brief overview. If you haven't already, you can go back on the stream, and uh, and, and you can listen to the last couple of episodes where I gave the big why, why I did the book and what it really means and what it's about and how it came out. I share my story about uh, being in kindergarten and, and looking out at the crowd and not really seeing that I fit in. And how that translated into influencing culture and entrepreneurship over the years. So there's a whole episode dedicated to the story behind the book, which is actually quite fun to listen to. And then there's another episode uh, a little bit before that, a couple of them ago, I believe, that I did the, kind of the, the, the overview of the book and what the whole thing is actually about and how to use it. Now what I want to do is jump right into content of the book. So again, it is, oh, <laughs> this is great. There's been some discrepancy on social media. The discrepancy is the title of the book. Is it the seven drives that fuel every entrepreneurial movement or the seven drives that fuel every entrepreneur? I will clear it up right now. The Firebox Principle. Subtitle, the seven drives that fuel every entrepreneur. That's right. So the original working title was The Seven Drives That Fuel Every Entrepreneurial Movement, which was just a little wordy, a little mouthy <laughs> to say, and it was, just, it was just harder to say, and it was a little longer. The other reason we shifted it was an entrepreneurial movement, as cool as it is, it's not personal. What I realized is these drives are really about fueling the person inside who sparks these movements. So I wanted the book to be, to be really clear that it's for you. That it's not for a movement, it's not for something we're studying, it's for you. And you can learn about these seven different drives I've observed all over uh, over the last century and a half and certainly beyond that, but I really stuck with the last kind of 100, 150 years mostly. Actually, no, there are some people in the 1700s. Anyways, in recent few hundred year history, so I really stuck with that. But regardless, you're going to see the drives inside yourself, and you're going to see a ton of those. So here's what we get into. Um, I also recently, as we went to the final, final edits, right now uh, the manuscript is came back from editing. I added in a few pieces, some stories, some different things that they suggested, and now it's off with the proofreader. So as I record this, the proofreader is just finishing it or just finished it, turned it back over to the publisher, and now we're going for the final stage which is final cover confirmation, um, final read-through, and away we go. Next week, it'll be up on Amazon as an ebook, and I'll let you know all about the details for the release. So here's a few changes. Um, one of the biggest changes I came up with is when I looked at the seven drives, if you listened to any previous episodes or you saw a, a webinar training or anything at all about the, the book, you, you might have heard of what the seven drives are. And the first drive I talked about was the ego drive. And then we have the artisan drive, the contribution drive, the world impact drive, the survive thrive drive, the revenge and anger and revenge drive, 
and uh, and the spiritual drive. So here's what I did, though. I looked at that and I realized nothing changed on the content. They're all the same drive. But I started asking myself the question, why do some of these sound positive and some sound negative? And the reality is if you're going to create something huge, you know, I'm, I'm talking you're going to make a movement. You're going to uh, impact the world in one way or another through your your entrepreneurism. I don't think anyone really truly does that out of a negative space. And I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, I just thought about it. And I thought, gosh, some of these people I really revere a lot. Like, I, I think they're amazing people. I looked at, like, you know, James Dyson who, who started Dyson Vacuums. Well, I had him down as an anger revenge drive, and it's true as far as what the drive means, but I, I thought it was a little harsh of a name. I think it was a little more, you know, it wasn't really revenge and anger. It, it was slightly different than that, right? So so I, I renamed a, a few of the pieces here, and here's what I came up with. Tell me what you think. Number one, the first drive, instead of being the ego, which again, I... It's a little bit of, you know, it's about who am I, right? It's about being a significant person. So instead of the ego drive, I'm renaming this the significance drive. And this is the drive where you say, I have something to prove. The second one remains the same, which is the, I'm just scrolling through my book literally right now. I should have these off, off the cuff, but uh, I wanna, I, I'm, I'm getting used to exactly the order I've done them in. So the first drive is the significance drive. The second drive is the artisan drive. The catchphrase for the artisan drive is because it's beautiful. And the third drive remains the same also, which is the world impact drive. The catchphrase or the bumper sticker for the world impact drive is I want to make my dent in the universe. It's all about the dent in the universe. The fourth drive is the contribution drive. Catchphrase, it's all about the people. It's all about the people. The thing with contribution drive is nothing matters but the people involved. Number six, the spiritual drive. The catchphrase is, because God told me to. And that's all it is. That's the spiritual drive. I've actually added in, too, for most of these chapters, I've added in uh, quite a few personal stories that weren't in there before about different times in my life when I've been driven by that drive, whatever that was. So... Um, it's interesting, you know, it, it doesn't end up being only for work or only for one career ever the rest of your life. I can point to different areas and times in my life when, you know, whether it's when Lowell and I stepped in to lead the campus of our church a year and a half ago, uh, or it was to start my first business, or it was to start the coaching business, or whatever it is, there was different times and different reasons. The six drive or the sixth chapter is the thrive drive and i've simplified that i used to call it the survive thrive but i've simplified it just to thrive drive and the reason is is i feel like the catchphrase is not really about money it's always about this here's what i figured out some of the people with the, with the thrive drive were really out there to survive they were in in desperate need and they want to get out from the muck other people had a lot of wealth or, or whatnot, or they did well, and they wanted to, to gain more, right? So kind of think Wall Street. And what I realize is the catchphrase for the Thrive Drive is advance my station. So those people, the, the whole reason they're driven to create something is because they want to advance their station in life. So whether it's advancing your station from dumpster diving to having a roof over your head, or it's advance your station from having a roof over your head to having many roofs or having a mansion over your head. Whatever level it is, it's always, it always comes down to advancing the station. And 
That's the, so that's called the Thrive Drive now, just to clarify in case you weren't sure about that. And the final one, I don't want to miss this. This is so cool. This I used to call the Anger or slash Revenge. Again, I think it gets a bad rap. I don't know about you, but like if you go take a – it's almost ready. We're working on this, uh, the Firebox quiz. That's going to be up. Uh, by the time the hardcover comes out in August, we'll have the quiz ready as well. So you can head over to fireboxbook.com if you want, and you can sign up and be the first to know and get uh, – um, what am I trying to say? Get a notification when the quiz goes live. You'll be the first to know if you head over there and put your email in it at uh, fireboxbook.com. It's free. Uh, the quiz is going to go at $57, but I'm going to give it to you for free when you get the book. So uh, go go do that, and you'll get it. Uh, so nobody wants to be known as having the anger or revenge drive. It sounds mean. It sounds bad. And the reality is, though, there's a fire that you could call a, an anger, but it's almost like a righteous anger. You know, you're mad at something. You're mad at what someone's done or or a negative in the world, you know, and you want to make it right. So I've renamed this with my love for Marvel, The Avenger Drive. So it's not The Anger Revenge. We're calling The Revenge Drive The Avenger Drive, which I really like. So, again, if you... If you didn't haven't listened to any previous episodes and you haven't um, watched or listened to any previous webinars or anything on the book, then this will all be silly and you won't even notice. Um, but I wanted to kind of point out that some of the drive names have changed. So the final seventh drive is the Avenger Drive. And that's all about someone who says, hey, it's personal and I want to make a difference here. All right. So that's kind of the new overview. I didn't realize we'd go that long on that, but here you go. Let's get into... Let's get into the very first drive uh, because that's what I promised you. So here we go. So I'll tell you a few uh, a few little stories. So the significance drive. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. I'm going to read you. Uh, you. I th- hope you'll love this. I'm going to read you the opening story from each one of these drives. How's that? All right, cool. And then I'll tell you a little bit about each person. So this episode will probably get through the significance drive only. And then the next episode this week coming out Friday We'll, we'll get into a couple other drives. So the significance drive. Something to prove. Here we go. See, just pretend you're on Audible right now. I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school, and just began working for two brothers in the mortgage industry. I didn't know a lot. In fact, I knew very little about anything. I knew one thing, though. One way or another, I was, it was going to be my time to shine. I was the baby of the family, with an older brother and older sister. My brother got in a lot of trouble growing up, and my sister always excelled in school, dance, and pretty much anything she tried. I always felt a bit lost growing up. What was my identity? My contribution? Why was I important? After a very lackluster showing in high school, and trust me, it was very lackluster, and a couple of years working for these two brothers, I finally found it. That thing that I was made for thing that made people take notice of little old me. I'll never forget walking into my boss Ed's office late one night. We had many late night conversations. And I showed him the revenue for the month. I then showed him the difference I had made in each major commission through my growing skill skill set of persuasion and influence. I said these words to him. I want in. And with that, we started a revenue bonus structure that literally changed my life. I went from about $3,000 a month to about $25,000 overnight. My monthly revenue, I don't even know how much that is, eight times. 
It felt good to get recognized, and it felt great to finally, quote, make it. Now, I'll interject for a second here, my friends. You might think this could be a thrive drive, but the reason I'm sharing this story at this point is because when I started to make it, quote unquote, in the mortgage business early on, I was about 20 years old at the time. I wanted to start in the mortgage business, or I wanted to get, I guess, that good, not for the money. Like, it wasn't about the money. It was about having something. You know, it, it was, it was I could prove that I could do better than Sizzler, that I, I could find a way and make a way. It was never about having money. Later in life, I did get to a point where it became more about having more. Um, but at this point in my life, it was really about um, getting recognized that I could actually make it. All right, let's get back to the book. So here's the next paragraph. You see, my dad's a great guy, but I don't know if he would claim to have ever really made it. I felt, at least at the time, that I had figured out life. The more deals I did, the more important I felt. I started buying property at 19, and by 25, I had over $5 million in property and owned two companies. The truth as to why I did all that was simple. I wanted to feel significant, to be important. It was never the money at this time. It was being recognized and respected. I wanted people to exclaim at, quote, you know, how far I'd come or mention that you've really figured this out. At different stages of our lives and enterprises, we can have different fuels that drive us. This was the season of my life that was all about being significant. I enjoyed having fun parties at my entertainer's palace of a home, driving a brand new Benz and wearing expensive watches. Don't worry. I got knocked off that horse soon enough and knocked off hard, but more on that later. So here's some new information about the drive that I haven't told you before. So let me tell you a little bit about it. And then when you read the book, I go through stories of of different prominent entrepreneurs and visionaries and founders, uh, inventors, artists, all different kinds of people uh, that I believe, based on their origin story, share this drive in common, at least as their primary drive. So here's a few pieces about this to understand. The drive finds its roots in the soil of comparison most often. Individuals and entrepreneurs with a primary significance drive fueling them have usually spent time with other successful people. At one point in their lives, they've observed the success of a parent or an important figure around them which caused them to question their own ability and worth. One important variation of this scenario is whether the urge to define oneself comes directly from another person or indirectly. When a successful person or group of people directly question one's ability to succeed, they find the need to prove their value to the unbelieving party. In cases where the pressure is indirect, an individual asks the same question internally and feels the need to prove something to themselves. And here's what's crazy. Check this out. For me, me being Matt Browning, it wasn't my family. Because again, I looked at my dad, I love my dad, but I never as a kid thought, oh, my dad's so successful, he does all these things, he's so, in-. I just, he never, he wasn't that kind of a guy, we never had a ton of money, um, you know, he, he, he's provided for us, he did really well, you know, I had toys, I had food, I had clothes, but I never thought, oh, wow, we really made it, right, we, we were never ahead, if that makes sense, but for me, what happened is, when I looked at my dad, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to work like my dad works. No big deal. But when I went to work for for Ed, it was different. So I I said in the book, for me, it wasn't my family uh, that gave me the comparison and the pause to to consider who was I. 
but it was my first mentor whom I watched succeed. I unconsciously wanted to prove that I was worthy of success. So when he was succeeding, buying houses, um, you know, traveling, having nice things, I remember it, really young, and again, I'm, I'm probably like 19 at this point, 18, 19. Gosh, this is 20 years ago as I record this now. I'm 38 years old, so there you go. So 20 years ago, I'm pretty young. But I remember hanging around with a lot of, you know, these older guys that were like, you know, in their 40s um, or, you know, late 30s, early 40s and, and like wanting what they had. You know, they seemed to be they were like important. And, and I realized, you know, consciously as you think about this and even as I say it out loud, it sounds like, oh, come on, like, you know, you're just as important and, and all that kind of thing. And I, and I know that. Right. And spiritually, I know how worthy I am. But as I'm unpacking this, and, and I want you to be able to unpack this too for you, as you unpack kind of your life and what we've been through, I'm realizing that that's what was really happening with that group of people. I like, I, I just didn't, uh, I didn't feel like I was a big enough deal. I didn't feel like I knew anything. You know, they talk about politics, and I didn't really know. I was just learning. They talked about finance. They talked about sports. Anything they talked about, I was always the kid learning, so I always felt insignificant when they. When I finally started making more money, what happened is it wasn't the money that made me feel important. The money was the fruit that I was now doing things that are more important, right? I was closing bigger deals. I was um, the guy that had some answers rather than the kid who always had the questions. So when I started shifting that way, my significance drive started kicking in. So individuals with a prominent or primary significance drive are prone to take action. These individuals understand that credit is given where it is due, so they seek to make a dent or a splash in their sphere of influence. Many who match this description have made a personal change from which they can self-identify, such as changing their legal name or moving to a different country. And that's interesting. So a lot of the entrepreneurs we studied in the book, um, you know, I'll tell you a story about Rupert Murdoch, and you'll find out a little bit about his name changing, his, his moving uh geographically what was important that he needed to expand out right you know the murdoch family you know they had their home in melbourne um and his dad had uh you know had a small little paper but when when rupert took it out he took over his father's company and he said 22 years old he was just a kid but rupert murdoch said he i gotta figure this thing out you know and and goodness sakes you know last time we checked here this year his, his company is worth 15.7 billion dollars Pretty insane. So Rupert Murdoch, I talk a lot about what caused him to create a need for significance. The other person I, I go get into in the uh, in the first chapter, or I guess the first drive, moreover, uh, was Alexander Graham Bell. And Alexander Graham Bell is a fascinating story that I didn't really expect. He he has a, a really interesting quirk with his name that I had no idea about. So I'll talk about that in the book. Um, and he also like he didn't he didn't officially meet his father until he was 12 years old, right? So his father moved away and took his older brother with him, leaving he and his mother on their own. He was only a baby when that happened, so he had no memory and then he really officially met him when he was 12. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm talking about Alexander Graham, but what am I doing? I I'm I'm looking through my book going interesting in this i i I skipped down i was as i was talking about this i'm going you know that sounds a lot like vince mcmahon and that is that was actually the next person we're talking about so alexander graham bell you'll find some fascinating stories about he 
Um, and as a child, uh, getting pushed and pushed by his mother and his father to do great things. And all the kids went off to do something. But Alexander Graham Bell probably did the most significant, as you certainly know. The next guy we get into is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And that is by far my absolute favorite model for this book. So he's the one that, uh, again, I apologize. I've kind of gotten into a trance of looking through the manuscript here. Uh, Vince, Vince Sr.'s father left with his older brother and then came back when he was 12 years old. So we really met him. He finds out his dad's a wrestling promoter and he wants to get in and follow his footsteps. He, he wants to get in the family business. Now, if you know Vince McMahon, he's the founder of the what used to be the WWF, now the WWE. It's where Hulk Hogan came in, Andre the Giant, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Y'all know Dwayne Johnson, the biggest, uh, most well-paid movie star in the entire world right here, right now. Started as a professional wrestler working for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So if you don't think Vince McMahon is a pop culture icon that is in desperate need of being studied, oh yes, he is. So Vince McMahon also has something in common with Alexander Graham Bell and Rupert Murdoch. And I believe in studying their origin stories, all three of these men share what I would call a significance drive. That the entire, the, the, the driving force to create these enterprises that they did, to create the visions they did, was really somewhere deep inside about the proving oneself, right? About being important enough, about showing what you can do, about stepping out of the shadows, right? And and being your own man. Uh, they were all men, but certainly it could be being your own woman. There, I'm sure there are women that also would fall into this category. So here's what it comes down to. Later in the week, uh, I will hit up and we'll talk about the next two, which are Artisan Drive, and the World Impact Drive. So we'll hit those two in the next episode. What I want to leave you with is just a thought like this. Remember that these seven drives that are in the book, the Firebox Principle, the seven drives of fuel of your entrepreneur, all of us have all seven drives. Don't think of the drives as types of people. Think of them as, as motivating factors within people. And all of us have a rainbow or a spectrum of motivations for what we do, right? So it's not really fair to say, well, this person has a significance drive and that person has a contribution drive. But what you can do is start looking at kind of primary, secondary, and so forth. So as you read through the book when you get it, I'm sure you will. Of course you will. And as, as you listen to, you know, as I explain it and teach on it on the podcast for the next few uh, couple weeks here, as we get into it, um, I want you to just be thinking, hey, do I relate to this at all? Which part of it do I relate to? Do I think this motivation is high or low on my list? Because like you might be listening thinking, hey, significance drive, the reality is maybe that's like fifth on your list. Yeah, there's a little like twinge of, yeah, I want to feel significant, but you know, it's not your major, major drive. So that could be a thing. Or you might relate and go, man, yeah, that's kind of the whole reason why I built this empire. I built it because... I never felt like I was really enough before and I wanted to prove to these people or whatever. So anyway, I hope that's a lot of fun. hope you learned something from it and you made some distinctions. I'll come back at you again. Uh, why do I always say come at you? I'm not going to come at you. I'm going to come with you. I'm going to hang out with you. We're going to do a podcast together. It's going to be amazing. So this Friday, when the next episode drops you will get some info and we'll go through the artisan drive and the world impact drive. We'll have a bunch of fun doing it. And there we go. All right. So 
Thanks again, as usual, for the listen, for the subscribe, especially for the download and the rating review. I just want to mention one last time, um, if you haven't, if you haven't, please, if you wouldn't mind, head over to iTunes. Go look for my name, Matt Browning, or look for The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur, and rate and review the podcast. It helps so much. Um, The podcast is really moving and ranking, which is absurdly awesome. Um, We broke top 50, then top 20 in iTunes and business podcasts, which is, I mean, I'm just, I'm blown away. We actually, for a moment, broke the top 10. We were the number 10 podcast and business in all of iTunes. Uh, so I, I am floored by your love and your and your listens. It's all because of you, so thank you so much. Um, I'm glad you're getting value out of this thing, and I'm glad it's a lot of fun. Um, but seriously, the ratings help so much. So if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, I sure appreciate that. All right, that's all I'm going to harp on that. That is it for right now. Um, I am taking off first thing in the morning with my lovely wife, uh, Val, my son. He's going to be with his grandparents all week, and we are going to take off to go scout out houses in Michigan because I think you've probably heard at this point that we are moving across the country next uh, month in August. As this one drops here, it'll be in August. So we're going to take off uh, tomorrow and and head out for three days. We're going to drive across, leave her car over there, shop for houses, and then fly back home early in the week. And more on that later. I'm sure I'm going to record an episode this week in a hotel somewhere. So be on the lookout. All right. Have an awesome night or day.